Welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast. Elijah Rising is an organization empowering women recovering from sexual exploitation. This episode is going to help you become more aware about the issue of sex trafficking and inspire you to take action. Welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast. I'm Adam and I'm joined today by Lee Kohler. Uh, Lee is a speaker, a teacher, an advocate, and the co-founder and president of the Freedom Church Alliance. Welcome to the podcast, Lee. Thanks for having me, Adam. So excited to have you on um, in this second year of the Elijah Rising podcast. Really excited to have you uh, here today to discuss the role of the church in the work to end sex trafficking. So that's that's what we're going to talk about today. And I couldn't think of anybody more uh, prepared to have that conversation than you. Mm. Um, and and I'll explain for listeners why that is in just a minute. But first, I think we should just begin with your story. I always find it fascinating to listen to people's stories. Sex trafficking is not an easy issue to confront on a daily basis, much less um, create a, a, a job around, create an, an organization <laughs> around, like really yeah. be on the front lines. And so I'm fascinated to hear people's story of why in the world would you spend your time uh, working to end and, and facing on a daily basis such a heinous injustice? So tell us a little bit about your story, Lee. Why, um, how did you come to be so passionate about ending sex trafficking? The short answer to that question is Jesus. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> right. understood. <laughs> we have that like in common. You just never know, you know where he's going to lead you. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, and so I definitely never in my life, well, for many years of my life, I didn't know him what human trafficking was, but I had surrendered my life to him and said, I'll go where you want me to go and I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. And you just never know where he's going to take you. So my story, um, begins with, well, it's kind of, it's neat because our stories merge in a lot of ways. They do. Uh, back in 2011, when you guys were, you know, kind of officially forming into Elijah Rising. Yeah, yeah. You guys were doing showings of a documentary called Nefarious, Nefarious Merchant of Souls. That's right. Produced by Exodus Cry. Produced by yeah. Exodus Cry. Yeah. And um, my mother said, hey, I've heard about this documentary and these showings. Oh, wow. Do you want to go see this on human trafficking? And I said, well, sure. You know, huh. I'll go. And we went to Baptist Temple. Yeah, that was the church that I was associate pastor of. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you were really? at I didn't, that. I was at Baptist oh Temple. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I was baptized in that church, third generation member of that church. I did not know that. So One of my where... best friends in high school went there. So what? whenever I would spend the night at her house in high school, you we go would to go Baptist to Baptist Temple. Temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. I didn't okay, keep going that. with okay, your story. Okay, Sorry. Let's keep going. No, that's great. I love that. So that for me was, I. the thing about that documentary is it's pretty incredible the way that it shows the complexity of trafficking all yeah, over the world globally yeah because it can look very different but um i mean like everyone that knows and hears about this issue it broke my heart yep. mm-hmm. i didn't know there were places in the world where pedophiles traveled to go mm-hmm. purchase kids yeah. for sex and even pornography i mean i mean and then even prostitution right. and the, you know the ideas that i had that was a paradigm shift like yeah. what yeah i i didn't really know what all was behind that and so um after that it was kind of like it just kept going i mm. then i my, it was again it was my mother actually that said now we're going to go on a van tour like yeah. rising's doing these van tours and i was like what wow. you know i was like okay i'll go yeah so then you know back in that day and you know I mean, we went 
to all kinds of places. Oh yeah, there's a <laughs> different way into it. Yeah, <laughs> and went through some of the cantinas, yeah, which we don't do that anymore. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. <laughs> and um, and again, you're like, this is happening in our own city. Yeah, like I didn't. Okay, I just watched this documentary, but it's happening right here in my own backyard. Yeah, and I remember after that thinking, okay, there are some women. I have friends and people that need to know this is happening. So yeah. then I organized a van tour and, I um, remember. and did I that. Set it up. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. <laughs> and after that, we were debriefing at Freebirds. We were eating yep. burritos. And, and I remember one of the things on the van tour that you guys said was, you know, this isn't something, this is, this is Ephesians six, right? Mm. Like our battle is not against flesh and blood. Mm. At the core, there's a spiritual battle. And so you don't just get a bunch of friends and go, we're going to kick down the doors, you know, right. the brothel. You start on your knees and you pray. And so when we were debriefing afterwards, that just really stuck with me. And we were all sitting at this table, just, you know, you get that kick in your gut and you're like, yep. what do we do? I'm going to do something, but what do we do? It's yeah. overwhelming. And we just, we said, let's start praying. And um, we decided, I said, okay, well, I mean, we can do it at my house. And yeah. most of us had a lot of my friends that were there had young kids at the time. My yeah. kids were young They're Gosh, my oldest now is a senior, but wow. he was oh my gosh. young guy. And, um, and so my husband, every other Tuesday night, you know, we have dinner or whatever. Sometimes we'd be coming home from a baseball game and, and then, um, they would go upstairs and all of a sudden I'd have this group of women that would come over mm. and we'd start praying every other Tuesday night. Yeah. God taught me a lot about prayer. Cause I grew up in the church and I, I knew to pray, but I would say in this season of my life, you know, God really wow. walked my, rocked my world because wow. I'm just, at that time I'd been a high school English teacher. I'm yeah. like, you know, you start thinking, oh, I wish, I, w I mean, I remember thinking, Lord, just show me what to do, you yeah. know, show me yeah. who I can go help. And so that was huge because in that time, you know, God just really started to direct my steps. And one of the first things that happened was I ended up, um, I, I don't, I won't bore you with all of the details, but I ended up really just kind of a God story, joining the board of a ministry hmm. um, that rescues young girls. Most of them, their mothers are in brothels. Mm -hmm. And I ended up going to India and I saw the red light district in yeah. India and went there and yeah. went into some of these brothels where these women were living it just in this little, this terrible yeah. place, having to, you know, sleep with all of these customers, sometimes yeah. 30, 40 a day. Mm. And then most of them only lived, you know, until their thirties, their bodies right. were just ravaged. And then they were just thrown out on the streets. Like right. they were trash and this, and, and it's illegal there, but because they're kind of untouchables, right. it's almost like people just look the other way. It's like, no, like they're just treated no like, yeah, just, I mean, like worse than animals. Right. Yeah. And I just remember being overcome mm. by the darkness and just the evil of it all. Yeah. And then we got in this van and went around the corner to this home where many of the little girls who had been born in these brothels, their mothers would come and give them a chance to have a different life. And so mm. these little girls are growing up, getting an amazing education, thriving. And it was just like light. Like we get out of the van and there's all these little girls welcoming <laughs> and, and they want to ask you the whole time you're there. What is your favorite verse? They, they oh, love wow. Jesus. And I think for me in my life, it was like, I just saw the contrast of darkness to light and yeah. like what is possible when Jesus enters in. Mm. But I also thought, man, it's worthy to give your life to being able to run towards this kind of suffering and pain and do wow. something about it, you yeah. know, especially knowing that we know the light, we know there's yeah. hope in Jesus. Well, and you had had a moment where you, I mean, that was in India, you know, the light and the darkness and this kind of breakthrough moment and, and having that feeling of it being worth it to run towards that. But then, in the, I assume in the back of your head, you were like, well, this is happening in 
in Houston, Texas, where I live. Yes. yes. Down is, the street from my own kids. Yeah, absolutely. Which yeah. is how the alliance started. Um, well, I mean, it started with there were several factors that played into it. But for me and my involvement with the alliance, yeah. I, now, I didn't know that at the time because right. I didn't think I I didn't know anything really about the nonprofit world. And I didn't have any big aspirations to start something. Yeah. <laughs> I was really like, Lord, you know the way that you yeah. wired me. I'm not by nature. Like, I'm you know, I didn't consider myself a leader. I've never even been room mom. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, just you. tell me to bring the cookies, but right. don't put me in charge. <laughs> so I would say to the Lord, you're going to have to show me what, you yeah. know, I'm just, I'm saying, and it, when we would pray on Tuesday nights, like, Lord, mm. we're your women in the city. You show us what to do. Yeah. And so coming back from India, that was kind of the next step was my missions pastor sent me to a meeting at a church and I'm always like, I just went to that meeting. I just showed up at that meeting. Yeah. But from there, yeah, the vision of the Freedom Church. Well, yeah. So worked. let's talk about that next. That, that's the next thing I yep. want to ask you is what is the Freedom Church Alliance? I mean, I think the name tells us, <laughs> you know, what the Freedom Church Alliance is. But why don't you give yeah. us a little bit more detail? Like, yeah. uh, what is Freedom Church Alliance? Who is Freedom Church Alliance? And um, and what do you guys do? What, sure. Yeah. Well, the Freedom Church Alliance is a growing alliance of churches that have united together to fight human trafficking. Yeah. So at that first initial meeting that we had gone to Sugar Creek Baptist and some missions pastors there had said, Hey, that we went around the circle and it was like, there were, you know, what is your church doing about trafficking, if anything? And, wow. and all of us, a lot of us were in the same boat. A lot of people had maybe seen a documentary, maybe yeah. had gone on a van tour, but didn't know what to do. Like, what do we do? Yeah, What do we do next? And the idea was, you know what, rather than work in silos, mm. let's work together. Like we, you know, this problem this is a system. Human trafficking is a very evil, complex system, and yeah. it needs to be replaced by a more powerful system. Yeah, absolutely. And we believe that the church has always been God's plan A for bringing his redemption into the world. Well said. And so we said, let's come together and let's not reinvent the wheel. Like, let's look around. You know, we knew of Elijah Rising. Let's look around at the different organizations and see who's doing what. Mm -hmm. And then as the church of Jesus Christ, as the body of Christ in our city— Let's get behind them and support and strengthen their efforts by, you know, giving funding. Let's pull. Yeah. Let's let's pull our um, finances because yeah. we may have a church that feels like, man, I've got a couple thousand dollars. What can I possibly do? But if right. you put that together with all of these resources, we could do a lot. Absolutely, and we could help provide volunteers, and you know, we could be a bridge in a lot of ways and kind of create a, a synergy mm. where there's you know unity and collaboration, and um, and so that that's really the idea of it. So. Now we have 30 churches in wow. the Alliance yeah. and we just, you know, pray that we, we have a small team. So we're the way churches have joined is really organically through mm -hmm. conversations and takes time to build trust and build sure. relationships. But when those churches join, we have a church council. So we have um, uh, representatives from every church in the Alliance that come together and we meet regularly. We meet quarterly wow. for lunch and we pray together. Great collaboration has come out of those meetings and us working together. We give together. We've probably over every year as more churches join, we're able to give more, but we've given nearly a half a million dollars to several different organizations covering the full spectrum. Yeah. Education prevention, intervention, demand, aftercare. Yeah. And um, so we've done that. Um, we also had this opportunity to say to our city and to law enforcement, hey, is the church in our city, we really want to we want right, to serve right. and what can we do? And right. um, I remember we were part of a coalition because it's been awesome to hear law enforcement people say we need the church at the table. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Because they're doing their part, very right. important part in restraining the evil and making laws. But 
they understand that when it comes to ministering to people's hearts and yeah. providing for resources and needs, you know, yep. they, they need the help of the church. And so um, I remember meeting a woman who worked for the FBI, she was uh, with victims, victim specialists. And I just said, is there anything that we can do for you? You know, because we have people in all of these churches that yeah. want to help and serve. Yeah. She said, I've been saying for years, if someone would just get the churches together, <sighs> we can't talk to 500 churches, but right. if, if you guys could kind of be this gathering, you yeah. know, spot. And she said, you know, when we go in and do these raids and rescues, a lot of times these girls are like in costumes and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, they have to be interviewed all night. They're like, we try to collect things, warmups, just emergency needs so that we can give them a sense of dignity. Right. And when you can even just cover them, it's like they become little girls again. And I was like, well, we could do that. Like we could do, tell me what you need. And, and, um, and so I will tell you that turned into, now we've given thousands of these go bags to law enforcement yeah. and, um, and now to partners as well. Anybody really who wants them because our church members have been awesome yeah. about wanting to do stuff. So bus passes and clothes and emergency aid for It's so amazing. Lee, like w- what I'm hearing you say is like, not just that you, you, you've, found out about sex trafficking you 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 found a passion to help you know combat the issue and help serve those who are impacted by it but you also did something that is so rare and so difficult in most places and that was you took these siloed off churches and i'm sure some of them were doing other coalition things and things like sure, that. But, sure. but you you like created a space for 30 plus congregations cuz i know you're growing all the time to come together on an issue that is insane like that's amazing wow. that 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 one organization can can do that and then convert that into support for ngos which we are so appreciative you guys obviously have helped support elijah rising's work thank you um but also law enforcement and government agencies like it's incredible just the way that you and I don't just mean you, because I know Freedom Church Alliance is more than Lee Lots Kohler. Lots of people, it's a team, yeah, for but sure. But the way that it's been able to bring unity and support uh, in so many different ways that is directly impacting the issue of trafficking and yeah. supporting those who are impacted by it. I wonder if you can, um, I, I heard you say in the kind of course of your story that the first thing you thought of to do was to pray. Yeah. And then you got these ladies together in your living room every other Tuesday to pray. Um, it sounds like prayer has been really intricate in your journey of anti-trafficking work. And I know it has been for Elijah Rising as well. And so we definitely have that in common. But why do you think, why do you think that prayer is such a catalyst um, for this type of work? And, you know, it, it's it's hard to quantify the impact prayer has on an issue like this. But like, what have you learned? Like, why is prayer important and what's the impact of prayer and if, if, there, if there's anybody listening who's like, I don't think that's all that important, <laughs> sure. what would you say? I would say I get that prayer at times seems counterintuitive, especially mm. for kind of like when you have that American spirit, we're like, we can do? do, we're going to do. Yeah. And, um, and, so, and so I get that. But prayer is what brings God's power into it. Mm. And we pray because we can't do it. If the problem of human trafficking could be solved by humans, don't you think it would be done by now? We've had yeah. a lot of 
And, and God's used people in amazing ways. Sure. Look at the abolition movie. So, but it's like, it's a spiritual issue that yeah. needs a spiritual solution. And it's like, God can do more in five minutes than we can do in 50 years. So yeah. why wouldn't we ask the God of the universe to come in and yeah. do what only he can do? Yeah. And honestly, it's desperation. Like mm. when I, when I was asked to help, to help start the Alliance, like you said, I was just one of a, a, a team of people yeah. to help start it. And then when I became president, my reaction was to go home and cry, Adam. I didn't, I was like, yes, I, I, I was like, near that God calls you out yeah. of your comfort zone. I was like, this is not false humility. I yeah. really don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, what have you called me to do? What, what, you know? We still have those moments. <laughs> yeah. I still have those moments. Yeah. God knows how to keep you. It's really yeah. a great place to be. I've learned to be so dependent on him. I mm. live dependent on him. Mm. And, um, and so that is what prayer has done. But I will tell you. He has done some of the most amazing, miraculous things in response to prayer mm. that like keeps me going. I, we've seen him do miracles. Yeah. So um, things like, oh, Adam, things like, you know, during that, before the Alliance and praying, one time going to get my haircut somewhere where I'd never been and I stick my head back in the shampoo bowl and this young girl, you know, is washing my hair and I, we start chit-chatting. And she tells me she's from Honduras. And I go, oh, well, what brought you here? And she said, well, I was kidnapped by Mexican coyotes when I was 16. And I was forced to work and, you know, at this house where they were kidnapping and ransoming people. And I tried to commit suicide. I mean, oh she's my washing my hair. And she starts telling me the story about trying to take her life That's when she was 16. That's a very transparent story that she, she's telling you. Yeah. I, I mean, Adam, Yeah. I. she said, I don't, she said, normally, <laughs> obviously, I don't tell everybody right. my story. But I just feel like. I'm starting to tell my story because, you know, God's, you know, brought healing wow. and she didn't say God at that point. Cause I remember I just sat up, I was so shocked yeah. and I said, I can't believe you're telling me this. And I yeah. told her about the, these women, how we'd been praying. And actually I said, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. She said, I do believe in Jesus. She'd grown, she told me about growing up, you know, in her country and yeah, her faith. Her faith. So do you want to go to church with me on Sunday? She said, I've always wanted to go to church. I said, you got to come. Oh my gosh. And I mean, I just couldn't believe it, Adam. And yeah. I, there have been so many moments where God, even in the Alliance, these breakthrough moments, and yeah. you just are saying to God, if you don't come through, mm. this isn't going to happen. And he comes through. And so yeah. prayer has got to be the thing that we never replace. Like we just can never think that we have what it takes to solve a problem like human trafficking. Wow, that <laughs> you know? is so well said. Um, and on that, we're going to take a break in the podcast, but we'll see you in about 30 seconds. Four years ago, we started making candles in my kitchen because we had a dream to empower women recovering from sex trafficking. After years of growing, changing, and perfecting what we truly believe to be the perfect candle, we now sell goods across the country that empower women who are recovering from sex trafficking. And we want you to help us so that we can give more jobs to women that are in our program. Go to shop.elijahrising.org and you can see some of the most amazing goods you've ever tried, as well as empower the next woman to have a future after sex trafficking. And we have a special code for all of our podcast listeners. Just use the code podcast when you check out for a special discount. Hey, welcome back. Okay, Lee. So let's ask the question just directly. What role can, and I add here, should, what role can and should the church play in the work to end sex trafficking? Well, I would go to the scripture that says where God says the greatest commandment, Jesus said the greatest commandment was to mm -hmm. love the Lord your God with all yep. your heart, soul, and mind. But that's not it. And the second yep. is to love your neighbor as yourself. And yeah. he gives the, the story of the Good Samaritan. And then he says, go and do mm -hmm. likewise. So 
the mark, one of the marks of a Christian is love for other people. Yeah. And so as Christians, we run towards suffering rather than just, you know, turning the the other, you know, burying our heads in the sand or looking the other way because going to the other side of the road. Yeah. Because, because that's what Jesus did. And when you look at Jesus's Mm. ministry, it's like he was drawn to the vulnerable, to the marginalized, to those that were hurting and he met their physical need and he met their spiritual need. So I believe if we follow in his example as the church, we have the opportunity Mm. to, to come along those who are suffering and to say, we see you and, we love you yeah, and we're going to help you and we want to help meet physical needs, but we also care about the spiritual need yeah. because you have a soul, yeah. you know, and everything that Jesus did, he was always pointing to the kingdom. And yeah. so as believers, that's what we want to do is point to, you know, an eternal kingdom that's coming because of that. We have a lot of hope. Yeah. Um, that's, I wanna, very, that's a really holistic answer you just gave. Like Jesus says, love your neighbor, but what you, the way you qualified that was, but that's a holistic care. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's the story of the Good Samaritan. It's a, it's a holistic caring for there's there's money involved in that story. There's uh, there's healing involved in that story. There's, you know, physical transportation involved in that story. <laughs> yeah. That's that's really what we're doing for survivors. Yeah. I mean, uh, organizations like us, but also FCA. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's a great. And, you yeah. know, he wasn't also the innkeeper. He yeah. took him to. So no one can do everything. <laughs> so you well kind said. of also learn your place in the body. Yeah. We all have a you part. have to partner. I know, yeah, you have to partner. You have to work together. Yeah. Um, so you do your part. Yeah, that's what really You know, well you said. do your part. I want to read you a clip from, because I think this really speaks to the unique role that the church has to play. And yeah. we recently, if you went to our Instagram, you would see a post, but we have a good friend who's a survivor of familial trafficking. She, mm-hmm. from the time she was five years old, was abused by her father and also trafficked by her father. Mm. So you can imagine um, the brokenness yeah, the trauma. and the trauma, but she is brave. <laughs> she has fought for her healing yeah. and, um, and she will say... God used the church to save her life, wow. literally, and um, and so anyway, there's a part in her testimony, yeah. and I asked her, you know, if I could if I could share this. This is her story, so I'm always yeah, want to be sure. respectful. Um, but I love this. She said, "I was 20 and in college when I realized that I was never unseen, but seen by a good, good father who mm. has good plans for me." A God who was angry about the pain and injustice of my story, so he sent his son to redeem it. While sitting in my seminary class recently, because hmm. now, now she's in seminary, wants to be a counselor, has a passion for all the other little ones out wow. there who need someone to speak up for yeah. him. While sitting in my seminary class recently, our professor described the definition of the word redemption that has completely changed how I view my story. It's a word that means to buy back and to restore to original intent. While my body had been bought by many depraved men, our God sent his son to die on the cross for me, to pay for my sin and the sin done to me, to redeem me. He bought me back. A beautiful picture of the depth of love that the Father has for me. A love that has restored my life to the fullness of joy in a way that only he could do. So why does the church need to be involved? Oh my gosh. Because we have a redeemer. Yeah. And there's no heart that he can't heal or men. There's no life too broken that he can't come in and do something really beautiful with. I mean, that's what scripture says, right? He can turn, uh, is it... uh, what is it? The dust from ashes. I'm thinking of, he makes beauty. He makes beauty yeah. from ashes. We can't do that, yeah. but, but he can. Um, that is powerful. That is a powerful testimony. It's a, it's powerful, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just, 
It's God's heart. And when you realize that we serve the God of justice and mm-hmm. mercy and compassion, you realize, well, we're, we're made for justice and compassion because we follow the God of justice and yeah, compassion. Yeah, I mean, and the church is, um, we are the body of Christ. Yeah. Right? And, and so, like, we, we, are, we are representations of Jesus. We are image bearers. I mean, all people are image bearers. But, like, like when it comes to the people of the church, like, we are the ones who are Jesus's hands and feet and, like, all the ways that we can say yeah. that we're Jesus. And so... Just to think about that test that that woman's testimony of like, but then I realized that Jesus bought me back. Yeah, I was bought. I was bought. I was bought. I was sold. I was sold. I was sold. But then Jesus bought me back. Yeah, and it's like if like we have to embody Christ likeness yeah. to show the love, the compassion, and to see and to hear uh, those those women. Yeah, the, those those survivors of something so traumatic, so evil, so unjust. Yep, there has to be somebody there to receive them. Yep, and to say, "Hey, I know all that. Yeah, it doesn't scare me. You don't scare me. I yeah. see you. I accept you. I love you. And here's some resources. Do you want help? Yeah. Do you want help? Because here we are. We're here to help. Yeah, and I, I, that's what FCA is doing. Yeah. I mean, you're giving that's churches an on ramp to to do that, to be that, to be yeah. Jesus in that very practical That's way. That's what we're trying to help. And I feel like, Adam, I just need to say, because there may, might be someone who needs to even hear this today. Mm. I think something else important of her story is that she also realized God was angry about it. Because you can imagine, wow. you know, going through that and thinking, God, where were you? You know? Yeah. And it's like, and I think the realization that she came to is, you know what? God's really ticked off about it. Yeah. Men, people have free will. Yeah. And he's mad about it. And there's going to come a day when he's going to come back mm. and he's going to set everything right. He's mm. promised to do that. But that's why he sent his son, because yeah. he was so mad about the death and the pain, because we're dealing with the symptoms of sin and brokenness. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's human trafficking and all the issues that are related I mean, if everybody did, if we all did perfectly, right, with everything that God told us to do, like my pastor will say this, like, think if we all had this yeah. biblically, a biblical sexual ethic. Mm-hmm. Human trafficking wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Rape would not be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Adultery would not be a problem. Yeah. But we're human and we sin. And, and, and so, anyway, I don't mean to get off on no, a tangent, yeah, that's good. Yeah. but I think maybe <laughs> that's good just for somebody to hear yeah. today that, um, you know, that in so many ways that, that God is good. Yeah. That God is good and that and, he does redeem. And he sees and he, he cares sees. and he yeah. cares. I mean, with, with her saying like, God is angry. Like it's God saw the injustice that was perpetrated against her and he wasn't okay with it. Oh, like, yeah, that's important. Like we can't even imagine how ticked off yeah. and brokenhearted that's, he is over the problem of trafficking, that's, but he yeah. uses us and that's why we got to be the church that's and engage because he uses us. Yeah. So there are thousands of churches in Houston. Yeah. There's a bunch of churches in Houston. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we find ourselves geographically in a place in our country where churches are just kind of everywhere. Um, yeah. But they're not all working to end trafficking. They're not all working in this issue. Um, you've got 30 churches involved in the coalition or in the in the alliance, and that's amazing. Like that, that's a miracle that needs to be celebrated. Um, and of course, you know, just a caveat here. Like, of course, every church can't tackle every injustice sure. on the planet, right? Just limited resources, time, energy. But I wonder if you can help us understand, like, what are some of the barriers? Okay. Uh, I'm sure you have run into some barriers in your yes. work. <laughs> what are some of the barriers that keep churches from joining the fight? Sure. Well, I think one barrier is people don't know. You think okay. that yeah. you think because we know when we're having these conversations, you yeah. start to feel like everybody knows. Yeah, that's and then not true, you, is it's it? It's not true. Mm. So a lot of people just don't know yet. Right. Something else that I've seen, and I don't declare myself as some expert on, but in what I've seen, barriers I've seen in my experience, is sometimes churches, like you said, are doing so much. Yeah. Maybe they've got a small 
staff or their, sure. even if you have a big staff, let's look at all the things that are going on in the world and you are sending missionaries all over the world and you're also yeah. doing, um, you know, trying to fight poverty and yeah. homelessness and you're wanting to love, you know, refugees well and you're wanting to do all these things, you know, foster care. And, sure. And so all the issues. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's not that churches don't care all the time, but sometimes I think for pastors and staff, they need help. Yeah. And I we have found within our alliance that a lot of times when a church will join, they they want to know that they have someone in their congregation that's going to help take this on because yeah. they don't want to commit and say, yeah, we'll be a part of it, but no one in their church really knows about it. As a former pastor, like that was such you a barrier. That. It's yeah, like, yeah. I can't be the end all be all for all the things. Everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say that's a big barrier. And then I would, last thing I would say, maybe we can touch on this a bit more in a minute, but you know, I think sometimes people just feel overwhelmed. They do mm. want to do something. It's just figuring out, well, what should we do? Sure. Who should we partner sure. with? What well, does it and, look like? And we know, I'm sure you've had this experience. Like we know that the issue of sex trafficking, it's big. Yeah. Like it's a big problem. And yeah. I think you said it earlier in, in the first segment, it's like, it's a systemic issue that's kind of rooted in all of these different systems within our society. And so somebody can become aware of the issue and go, uh, that seems too big of a problem to tackle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, like you said, you kind of get overwhelmed with with just the bigness of it all and you need somebody to help you see yeah. like no 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 you have a place you have a role yeah. you, you can be effective and here are some yeah. here's some here's a here's a go box <laughs> well i was gonna say and that's yeah. why we really feel like our minute our mission yeah. is to serve the church in that way we don't come into a church and say oh well we're three church lines and now we'd like you to do this this is right. we go hey here's this problem and we're trying to get churches to work together and yeah. and here's some ways we really feel like that we could help but what do you want to do how could right. we help serve you and we did we created the GoBox toolkit for churches to be a next step so mm-hmm. that when people know about trafficking, someone from a congregation could go to their pastor, a missions pastor, and say, well, what are what is our church doing or what can I do next? And they can literally hand them a GoBox and say, check Here. this out. Yeah. And then yeah. we create this toolkit. And then that turned into classes. So now we do right. this church in human trafficking classes. And we kind of consider that justice discipleship where we're, you know. Mm, well said. Churches, pastors, you know, can let their people know about it. But then yeah. we can help you know, put that together where church members can find out more about the problem. You guys come in different experts. We bring in frontline partners. And so then that gives them an opportunity to hear about different on ramps and ways they can get involved. We talk about demand and pornography and all these things. And that's kind of a jump start into, you know, kind of getting in more involved in the work. So I would assume too, um, that, you know, sex is a weird has a weird place in our society. Like even just the word sex, you know, people get uncomfortable. Um, I would imagine that again, as a former pastor, you know, I I get that tension of like, well, I look out of my congregation, am I going to say porn? (laughs) I know. Is it, is it okay to say sex? Is it okay to use the word rape? You know what I mean? Um, and so I think I kind of just want to make some space here in the podcast for you. If there's a pastor listening, Mm -hmm. Or a church leader, like maybe it's not a pastor, like maybe you're a lay leader, you know, um, in your congregation that's listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you, Lee, think it's important for those leaders, mm-hmm. those people who have the platform, who have the voice in those congregations to prioritize communicating at mm-hmm. some level yeah. um, about sex trafficking to their congregation? Why is that important? Okay. For a couple of things. One, I would say... You know, just as a shepherd and overseer of your flock, human trafficking is one of those things now that is affecting the church, right? Oh, yeah. In so many ways. Yeah. So 
you're protecting from mm. the wolves, so to speak, because especially among this generation, there's definitely been a shift because of, you know, everybody has a cell phone and easy access yep. to the internet Yeah, where I can guarantee you, you know, that kids, I mean, we, it happens all the time where there are kids in our youth group oh, yeah. who are They're being groomed. Being groomed. So you want to be able to speak about these things so that you can be on the offense and not the defense. It's mm. kind of Matthew, right? Be wise as serpents, but innocent as doves and yeah. be able to say to your flock and to your young people who yeah. you love, like we, we can't, we love you as a church yeah. and we want to see you thrive. And we want to talk about pornography because Hebrews says like, we want you to run your race, Hebrews one, and we don't want you to be entangled by mm. sin. Mm. We don't want you to be, you know, in bondage to this. We don't want you to be living in shame because you feel like you can't yeah, talk about it. That's a big one. Yeah. So we're going to take some steps to do it. You know, the year before the Super Bowl, we had launched a campaign called City of Defenders, and we held a pastor's luncheon. We had about 50, pa- we invited just as many as we knew, yeah, like anyone yeah. was invited. And we had a lunch and we yeah. had um, Captain, you know, Dale Harris came to that. The police talked a little bit about the problem. And we just asked these pastors, we, we, we knew that they're doing so many things. Sure. We just, there was one takeaway. And we asked that they would use their influence from the pulpit to talk about demand and specifically pornography. Mm. Well, we already had had some pastors. So I've grown up, met my husband at First Baptist Church Houston. So my pastor, Greg Mott, he came and actually told a story, funny story, because I... Like months before, I had felt like when the Lord was kind of birthing the City of Defenders plan and yeah. we were going to be talking about demand because we felt like, well, as the church, we have such an epidemic in the church. If sure. we're going to talk about fighting traffic, and like it needs to start with us Absolutely. as the people of God, yeah. you know, we need to address this in our church. And so I had, um, but I'm always like, you know, pastor and his, and my pastor and his wife are also good friends. And so I don't, every time that I, I just don't want to be like, oh, and let me talk to you about the strategy of the alliance. I just don't. But we had gotten in this conversation and he knew I was kind of, I said, I just kind of feel like maybe I'm supposed to talk to you a little bit about this strategy. And he, he looked at me and he said, listen, I don't know what you want to talk to me about. But he said, I will tell you this. I feel like the Lord's been putting it on my heart that I need to talk, preach about pornography. Mm. And I went, that's exactly what I want. (laughs) And he came to that luncheon and he told that story. We kind of joked about it. But he he said to these pastors, and also Pastor Aki Soma, we had um, Liv and Abraham at Sugar Creek, we had Andrew Johnson, Scott Heitzison. I mean, there's been more since then, you know, Curtis Jones. But we had all these pastors that said, hey, we've done this. We'll even give you our sermon notes. There is a way that you can talk about this in a classy way with kids there. Yeah. But we got to talk about it as the church because yeah. the enemy is like, this is like Josh McDowell says, like one of the biggest cancers in the church. Mm-hmm. So all of these issues we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I would say to pastors, don't feel like you have to be the expert, but I do want to say this too to the pastor. I will say that when, you know this with any organization when you're just when you're talking to individuals in the church and you know you can talk to people one on one. I when there is like buy-in from the pulpit and a pastor will get on stage and say something, the weight that that carries It carries a ton of weight. And so you might feel like there's you you I just can't open another can of worms. I don't have time. If you will just share, even Mm -hmm. if it's brief, you don't have to do a whole sermon on human trafficking. I know Pastor Greg at times is just when he's done um, talks on God's view of sex, has talked about like use the illustration of a fire and a fireplace versus a forest fire. Mm. And when he talks about, you know, like God has boundaries for things, sex is wonderful, but it's kind of like a fire in a fireplace. Mm. It's wonderful. It's, it's comforting in a forest fire with no boundaries. It's disastrous. Mm. And he'll talk about like all the things like we talked about earlier. And sex trafficking is one of those things. Like, look at what happens when it, and so there are ways that you can talk about it and bring it in and you don't, and then you leave it to the Holy spirit 
to work in your people and you don't know who he's going to light a you fire. You never know. In. Yeah. So you never know what the just, takeaway will be. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that I heard from a pastor that's always, I just hold it close to my heart is obey and leave the consequences to God. Yeah. So even if you don't have like a program and a plan for the next year, sure. maybe sure. if you're listening to this and maybe God's been putting it on your heart to just address it and say something, maybe that's all you have to do. Yeah. And well, and I think too, I mean, if, if you are that pastor and you are listening, you're hearing Lee say all this, uh, I think it's important to know, like, but there are tons of resources. Like you are not alone. Like you're not alone in this fight. You're not alone in this conversation. Like you guys have resources. We have resources that are like other organizations we we can talk about, you know, demand disruption. I mean, there's shared hope has a ton of faith. There's so many resources out there for any pastor who wants to tackle this issue at any level, maybe yeah. they, maybe you don't feel comfortable about doing it in the pulpit. We, ha- we have, we have prayer guides. We have, you know, there's yeah. all sorts of ways that we can, yeah. that we can help. You're not alone. Okay. I want to thank you for your voice. Thanks. I want to thank you for your leadership. I want to mm-hmm. thank you for, um, the word that comes to mind is your sacrifice, mm-hmm. uh, because I know that this work is sacrificial. Um, and, uh, and you, you are a leader in this city, in this fight. Um, you and Allison both. Um, and you know, the thing like we, the, in the other NGOs, you know, we, we really can't do this. I believe, I don't want to speak for everybody. <laughs> I believe we can't do this without the church. Even if you're not of a Christian faith kind mm-hmm. of, you know, perspective, I still would argue that we can't, we can't do this without the church. Um, and so thank you for, for filling that gap, uh, in particular, I'm getting emotional about it. Mm -hmm. Um, because again, just like the pastors we talked about nonprofits like ourselves, we can't do it all. We can't do all the things we're running a restoration campus. We're running intervention. You know what I mean? I would love to stand up in all the churches and help put together an alliance. I don't need to because Lee and Allison are running with that. You know, and so anyways, well, we want to be good partners. It's our joy and honor. <laughs> yeah. So and, thank you. And it, Adam has said one. Qu- absolutely. I'll be go so for quick. It. Yeah. No. I'll just say to the person who feels like, cause this is me. I feel like I represent like the ordinary person who is like, you know, I just want to say I, one of the things that God showed me, think of the boy with the loaves and the fish for mm. the person who's not doing anything because they feel like if they can't do something big, well, oh, then yeah. they're not going to do anything because yeah. There's a verse in the Old Testament in Habakkuk when Zerubbabel's called yep. to rebuild the temple, right? God says, not by might, not by power, uh-huh. but by my spirit, says yep. the Lord. And then a few verses down, he says, do not despise small beginnings. Yeah, that's right. For me, my journey has been like picking up breadcrumbs. And God will always lead us to people. Some yeah, of my, that's, that's so true. I mean, God, so, and I, there are so many stories I could tell you, but when you just say to the Lord... Lord, mm. I feel like the boy with the fish in the lobes. Like this is, I don't know what I can do. I Maybe you're a busy mom at home and you're just like, you're not sleeping through the night because you have an infant. Yeah. You, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're rocking that infant, pray for the, pray. Be, being an intercessor yeah. is huge. Yeah. But you never know who God's going to put in your path. Yeah, there was a, a waitress in a restaurant who rescued a little boy in trouble um, like a week or two ago because she saw he was in distress, held up a sign. Do you need help? At first he said, no. Then he said, yes, this kid was being tortured. Like there are people hurting all around us. So just be, I just, the Lord has always said to me, just be faithful, love the person in front of you. And don't feel like you have to start an organization necessarily or volunteer. Like God just asks for what's in your hand and be available. And my prayer for everybody listening is I just think of Ephesians three, like he's able to do more than we can ask, think, or imagine. That's right. So, 
Just right. be obedient, even if it seems like tiny and insignificant. Yeah. The enemy is the one that's going to be telling you, oh, that's doesn't so true. he say that to all of us? You're not making any difference. He's just a liar. And we got to keep going and, um, and go, you know, yeah. it's in the Lord's hands. We just do our part. So thanks, Adam. We yeah. love Elijah Rising. Yeah. You guys are amazing. Well. So we, lo- <laughs> we love y'all. Well, we Thank you for that. all the work that you've done. I feel like yeah. y'all, most of people I feel like in Houston that know about trafficking is because of Elijah Rising. Well, we work hard at that. And that's really what this podcast is so for. Thank is, you. Is to continue. Well, I appreciate your kind words. I, I do want to uh, take one more minute here and say, how can our listeners, our viewers, how can they support Freedom Church Alliance right now? Is there anything sure. coming up that you want to talk about that you want them to know about? Uh, the floor is yours. How can we, and, and where can they find out more information about Freedom Church Alliance? Okay, well, you could um, follow us on Instagram. It's at Freedom Church Alliance. That's is, simple. Yeah, that's simple. <laughs> our website is freedomchurchalliance.org. You could also sign up for our newsletter, and then you'll hear from us. You'll get updates. And we really ask all of our partners and even other churches when they have things going on, hey, let us know, and, and we'll put the word out there. Yeah. Um, and then if you're a church interested in joining the Alliance, we would love to have you. There's lots of room at the table. Yeah. And um, you know, contact us and join us. Many streams make a mighty river. I love that proverb. So let's, you know, let's keep going. And last thing I'll say is in the spring, we'll do another Zoom series called The Church and Human Trafficking. I believe that's going to be the four Monday nights in April, God willing, because since COVID, haven't we learned? God willing. We have learned, yes. Um, (laughs) So we'll be sending out updates on social awesome. media, but that's a great way to dive deeper into the issue of human trafficking. Yeah, that's so. great. I think that's great. That's I, um, so Lee, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Adam. Thank you for joining us today for this episode. If you were inspired by this content today, please share, rate, and leave a review. Also, please consider making a donation at ElijahRising.org donate. Your support helps us continue the vital mission to combat sex trafficking. Until next time.